So if you have your Bibles, please turn to the book of Romans. We're going to continue on in our teaching, looking at spiritual gifts. As we look at the different gifts, this will be a brief teaching today as we also have to partake of communion. Romans chapter 12, verse 4. I'm going to start by reading the whole passage, then we'll break it down further and see how far we can get. Romans chapter 12, verse 4. It says, For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. Let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching. He who exhorts in exhortation. He who gives with liberality. He who leads with diligence. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Pray with me if you would please. Father in heaven, we thank you again for your holy word. Lord, we thank you for your word which shows us the various gifts and where they are in the Bible. We thank you that you, you name these things, Lord, so that we can understand how you have gifted us, how you have given each of us an amount of grace. And Lord, it's, it's so much grace that you give to us for daily living, for our walk with you, for empowerment, for life, living here in New York City, but also, Lord, to serve you. You want to pour out your spirit upon, into, but also through us, Lord. So help us to comprehend these things. Father, I pray that you would understand, help us to understand your word today, Lord. Open up our hearts, open up our understanding, for we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You guys can have a seat if you would, please. So if I were to ask, why must we learn to serve God with spiritual gifts and spiritual empowerment? Here's how we should answer that. I'm going to display this. And if you're taking notes, 1 Peter 4, verse 11. Here's what it says. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it. Notice it says, as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Again, 1 Peter 4, verse 11. Now, if someone were to tell you, hey, I want you to go and be a brain surgeon, no schooling required, no equipping, just go and do it. Who here would want to have your brain worked on by that brain surgeon? What, nobody? <laughs> Someone said nobody. Rightly so. If you're a little crazy, <laughs> yes, experiment on me. Now, if you're going to go and, say, work at an auto shop and your job is to tune up cars, don't you think you'll be given the tools, the equipping to be able to do that job? Makes sense, right? Raise your hand if that makes sense. Make sense? So in a similar way, when God wants you to tune up, not say cars, but people, he's going to equip you. 
what he'll equip you and I with, we could simply say are spiritual gifts. Makes sense, right? So he'll ask you to do something. God will always ask you to do something kind of out of your reach. Anybody know that? He's always going to ask you to do something not just tough, impossible. Why? That you have to cry out to him that he would equip you to do that which he's asking you to do so that when you get the work of the ministry done, which heart knows it was God that did the work? Others might know, but especially your heart. You're like, oh God, thank you. Praise you, Lord, because I cried out to you. You asked me to do something. I cried out to you. You answered. And it seemed like you weren't going to answer, but you always answer. And sometimes it feels like it's like almost too late. right? Anybody experience that? But the Lord always answers, doesn't he? He will always equip you to do that which he's asking you to do. Say, for instance, the brain surgeon or the tune-up specialist, the auto technician, they need to be equipped. They need to have the tools to do that work. In a similar way, you and I need to. So again, if we were to ask, why must you and I learn to serve God with spiritual gifts and the spiritual empowerment that he gives you and I? A great answer is here. First Peter 4, verse 11. So as we go into this, again, the spiritual gifts, you'll find in some places, not all places in the Bible, I remember learning this. I want to you know, share this with you guys. Some of you guys have heard this. Think of 12, 12, and 4, 4. 12, 12, 4, 4. Those are four chapters of the Bible that describe to you where the gifts are and predominantly will teach you and I about spiritual gifts. 12, 12, 4, 4. 12, 12, 4, 4. What are those four chapters? 1 Corinthians 12. Romans 12. That's what we're going through now. Ephesians 4. And this one that you're looking at and reading, 1 Peter 4. 12, 12, 4, 4. So as we look at this, so let's break this down a little bit before we get into some of the individual spiritual gifts again as we continue on this journey through Romans 12. So in this mini-series, we're, again, we're learning about spiritual gifts and we're learning what are the gifts according to what God's Word says. So notice what he says here. Again, on the display here, First Peter chapter 4, verse 11. If anyone ministers, that's that word, serve. Okay, Who here wants to serve God? That's, it's pretty ubiquitous, right? Now, if you want to serve God, look at what we're told here, commanded really, exhorted to do. Let him do it as with the ability which God supplies. So if you want to serve God, the ultimate is to seek him that he would enable you. It's not a matter of, okay, let me take inventory of who I am and what I do. Well, I've got a really good education. I want to give that to you, God. And many of us erroneously might think that. Say someone like an Elon Musk, brilliant, like beyond my comprehension. Someone I would not want to play chess with. You know what I mean? It's like he already knows the board and you know, way ahead of me. Bunch of steps ahead. But sometimes someone might be just super brilliant and think, okay, God, you could use me because I'm way smarter than anybody else. I'm, I built up this company. I'm really good in business. And that might be the case that God might try to use them. But in those examples, who would get the credit? Who would get the glory? Would it be God or self? It'd be self. Pretty interesting to see. Now, I'm not saying all the time that that's how it is, 
But understand that when you serve God, again, 1 Peter 4, verse 11, if you want to minister, if you want to serve God, do it with the ability that God enables. Think of that word, enables you with. In other words, it may not be how you were equipped by the world. <gasps> that might be a shock to some. Because maybe you're brilliant. Maybe you're the next Elon Musk. <laughs> Let me pick your brain if you are. But maybe God wants to empower you. Think of someone like the guy that wrote this. Who is that? Simon Peter. What was his background? He was a fisherman. He's from Galilee, up north. Would have had a country kind of accent, a little different than us today in America, but a country accent, going to the big city like Jerusalem. How did God call Peter? What was his calling? Yeah, he was called to be a fisherman, but he was called to be the apostle to who? To the Jews. Do you think the Jews in a big city like Jerusalem would want to hear a guy like that? No, probably not. How about someone like Paul the Apostle? Arguably the only highly educated of all the 12 apostles. He was highly educated in the ways of Judaism. Was he a Pharisee or a Sadducee? He was a Pharisee. So we even know his sort of religious political affiliation. And he was highly educated. So he was called to be the apostle to who? To the Gentiles. Doesn't that sound crazy? Like, come on, God, let's talk about this. Don't you know I'm I'm really equipped. Let me minister to the Jews in Jerusalem. I'm a Pharisee. I know how to talk with them. I, I know how to divide the room between Pharisees, Sadducees, Herodians even. I know how to speak to these people. I grew up. I was schooled at the feet of Gamaliel. I had really good education so I could talk with them. Nope. God called him to go minister to people, Gentiles, in the Gentile nations that predominantly had no idea about Judaism. They were worshiping what? Idol statues. <laughs> Imagine that, like burning incense. I, mean, I, I think of like a big Buddha statue, burning incense and bowing down to this rock, this little happy Buddha. <laughs> He's going to minister to people like that, tell them there is no God in that rock. There's only one God, the God of the Bible, which is true. And you think about that. So he wasn't equipped even in the worldly sense or even as a Pharisee to minister to them. So who would minister to and through Paul? God, through the spiritual gifting. Who would minister to and through even Peter? God. And who would God minister to and through you with? Himself. Okay. So if you're going to minister, if you're going to serve God, do it with the ability which God supplies. Now, I know that might sound a little confusing. It's like, okay, God, have you equipped me then? Well, figure it out. Pray for that. Ask others here within the church community to pray. You look online. I've looked online a bunch of times throughout years. I find a lot of confusion. Any of you guys find that out? You can find a lot of confusion. I'm not saying it's all confusing. But within a local church, God's called you to be part of this church great that means he's going to give you a lot of the answers the solutions here does that make sense and so pray for one another these are things that we need to do we need to continue this discussion i love some of you guys that are serving in the servant team you know i love talking about spiritual gifts i love this so if you minister if you serve god do it with the ability which god supplies let god enable you who here wants god to enable them 
And maybe you're sitting there thinking, God, you can never use my life. God, I don't have this gift. And God, I can't speak like that. Well, allow him to do that. I'm standing here with you only by the grace of God. It's not my education. It's not my Bible knowledge. It's not my how many days or hours I put in reading the Bible or spending time at the feet of Jesus. There's not like the system that God has. It's so simple that when God empowered someone like Peter who wrote this, Acts chapter 1, he's quoting scripture out of context. They pick a wrong person, I believe, to be the 12th and final apostle. And it made it hard for Paul later on to be known as an apostle. Do you ever wonder why he opens up almost every one of his letters? Paul, called to be apostle, not by the will of man, but by the will of God. Is he arrogant? Why is he having to do that? No, that's how they would open letters. But pretty much he would have to state his apostleship to people in places that rejected him. Why? Oh, you're not an apostle. Couldn't be you. You're killing Christians. Plus, we already got the last one. So in Acts chapter 1, Peter is quoting scripture, but he's quoting it out of context. And then only about maybe seven days-ish after Acts chapter 1, we have the day of Pentecost. What, what chapter of the Bible was that in? Acts chapter 2. Roughly seven days-ish. Seven days-ish. <laughs> not very mo- long. Not, not, not very much. So it's not like he went and got an education where he read up or he really fasted and prayed hard so that he can have this. You turn the page between Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2. Now Peter opens his heart and mouth and now he's quoting scripture within context and now hearts are pierced. What is that? That's the empowerment of the Spirit. That's the anointing that God has upon a person's life. And we see that with Peter. We see that with people's lives. And you're probably pondering, God, can you use my life like that? I'm here to tell you, you can. He can. Because I was one too. God, you never use my life. Oh, I want to be like that. I wanted to be a computer guy in the background assisting others. And I was very good at that. And I tried to even do that in serving God. Some of you guys know part of my testimony in that. Really horrendous. Which is my story. And God's like, nope, I don't want you to do that. I still know how to do computers and, and technology. And I'm still adept at that. But that's not how God wants me to predominantly serve him. I didn't want to speak on behalf of God. I'm like, I'll do anything. <laughs> I'll encourage someone else. I'll sweep up. That's what I did. My, one of the first things I did at a church I went to. Just no one had to tell me. Just grabbed a broom and started serving. And it wasn't like, oh, let me do this because people are looking. The Lord just started to show me there were things like cigarette butts around outside. There was all sorts of stuff. Paper, trash. It was a large church. had kids galore. I remember in the, the sink bet- between services, I remember I'd go in the men's bathroom I see some boys in there. Between services, there's like a first service and before the second service started, I see kids up there like turn on the, the, the water like ha, ha, ha. They hold their hands, spring all over the glass and all. I'm like, get out of here. I, no one had to tell me like, oh, let me go call someone else. It's like, get out of here. And I like clean up. I just remember seeing that. Like, you girls don't have to deal with that as much. Do they? I don't know. <laughs> but as guys, we have to deal with that kind of stuff. And what I'm saying is the Lord was just showing me simple ways to serve. And as he was showing me these things, he was working on my heart. Allow him to do that. Will you please allow God to work upon your heart? Will you allow him to anoint you and appoint you wherever he's calling you in the body of Christ? Will you have that kind of faith? Will you simply 
give your heart and life to him. We sing about it, right? Lord, I what? Offer my life to you, right? We sing these things. Do we mean these things? I want you to not just sing it. I want you and I to worship him with our life, giving up our hearts and lives to him. Notice he says, why should we minister with the ability which God supplies? Look at it here. It's right here. It's answered within this verse. That in all things, who would be glorified? God may be glorified. And notice it says through Jesus Christ. You see, one of the problems that even someone like Peter knew is like, hey, I'm really good at fishing. We talk about fishing, right? Oh, I'm going to start up a big fishing ministry. That might be the case, and maybe some are called to that. Imagine someone like Simon Peter. Uh-uh, Jesus said, follow me. In other words, leave all that behind. Follow me. You're a fisherman, and what will I do? I'll make you what? A fisher of men. Peter, I'll help you to catch people for Christ. So let's say someone like Peter would go, you know, I, I know how to do it. I could have a fishing ministry to start up fishing ministries. And I can go out there and I can help you to get your own boat, prospect for people so that others can, can buy into it, and you can start up your own business called a fishing ministry. Maybe someone like Peter could have thought about that with his brother because he would work with his brother. Even another, like, was it James and John? They would work together also. And they, these two families would work together. Imagine if they came up with something like that. Now, that was me prior to walking in God's calling. In other words, sometimes we might look at what we're good at instead of what God might empower and equip you and enable you to do. And if that were the case with Simon Peter or even me in the computer industry, uh, see, God wouldn't allow me to do that. You know why? And I know this now. Guess who would be ripping off God's glory? Me. And so in my heart, I would know it's like, oh, Lord, I would, here's, here's my silly way of even praying. Lord, I won't just give you 10%. I'll give you this. You know, it's like making a deal with God. <laughs> just use this, God. Come on. You know, I'm really good at this. And I was at the top of my game at that time. We're talking, you know, the 1990s. But I was, I think, still seeped in my pride that that's something that I wanted to give to God as a gift. And yet God's like, nope. I think one of the reasons why, perhaps, just to guess or speculate, is because I would have been ripping off God's glory. I would have taken the credit. And then someone goes, wow, look how good that was. I mean, we went to a church, and I think I shared with you guys before, uh, this is the 1990s. Very few churches had a website at that time, if any of you guys remember that time. you guys, Any of you guys remember Windows 95? Summer 1995? Remember that? Well, remember like Microsoft and their, their tech support project? What is that? You do the beta testing. <laughs> Summer 1995. They sent out Windows 95. Like, who was around during that time? I'm kind of dating myself. Some of you guys were. <laughs> but if I were to do something like that for God, I could have the correct motive in my heart, but guess what would be wrong? Number one, it was not the will of God. And number two, I would be ripping off God's glory. And if that were the case, I wouldn't be standing here before you guys. I'm still desperate with God. I'm still wanting to know what He's wanting me to do every day, every step of the way. And that causes me to cry out to Him. So you need, I need, we need to minister 
with the ability which God supplies, notice again, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. All right, so let's get back to this in Romans chapter 12 here. I'll leave it here, though. Romans chapter 12, we have a gift now described, just picking up with where we are. This is part two in our spiritual gift series here. Last time we discussed about prophecy. And this time, look at verse 7. We're going to discuss a little bit about teaching. Now, this is one that I personally know. Uh, and God had to convince me. And, and by the way, one way that God convinced me that he was calling me to do this is because he had me go through and I studied the Bible for like the same thing, 12, 12, 4, 4, looking at the chapters of the Bible where the gifts are are listed. I would look at them and study them. And as I did, I wanted to know what the gift or gifts God potentially had given me. And as I did look at these, I'm like, okay, that's a speaking gift. I don't want that one. <laughs> that was me, actually. Uh, okay, I don't want this one. And I started to see that the Spirit of God would simply use my life. And I, I kind of loved that and hated that. I'm just being honest with you. Don't you how it was at the time. Because I would gather in a small group. I remember in Orange County, California, uh, wanting to attend Bible studies. It was just something I would do. I'd go and attend Bible studies wherever I was at. And I remember especially in a small group time. Small group, like in someone's house. Uh, going through the scriptures and people would sit there and ask me questions about the Bible. I'm like, that's kind of weird. I, I don't know about you, but I thought that was kind of weird. I'm like, what? What's going on? And we would uh, have other times where we'd be fellowshipping, just hanging out with other Christians, fellowshipping, discussing things of God, uh, asking questions with one another. And we would go, okay, let's turn to our Bibles. Let's see what God says. And we'd open it up. And then all of a sudden I would find, when I got coherent, when I came, became aware of what was happening, I'd be like, we're doing a Bible study. Like, okay. It, just in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, Bible study's over. Because my Bible, like, it freaked me out. When you have a spiritual gift, an anointing of the Lord, understand that He'll tend to utilize you in ways that are so, let's say, informal. It might blow away your mind. For me, I didn't know until I started to see the Holy Spirit doing it. I thought it had to be like it was a thing that was announced and with a title and like a placement. It wasn't like that for me. It may be different for you, but that's something that I find quite interesting, but also that tends to happen when you have a spiritual gifting. Okay, When it's the Lord's anointing, if you follow. For instance, even for me right now, many of you guys know I work at a place. Um... Every day, just about, I tell my wife about this, there's a guy, a friend that comes up, and I don't ask him to, he just comes up, he's like, what's the word for today? Uh, yesterday, we were sitting in the break room, he, he comes up, sits down next to me, what's the word for today? And I'm like, oh, I, f- I found he's asked me that a bunch of times. I gotta, like, prepare myself, like, okay, let me get, get my word, okay, let me pray, okay, what do you think it is? And the Lord's not allowing me to do that. He'll just come up to me and ask that. And I don't ask him to. I just want to encourage him. I'm sitting there thinking, wow, this is kind of neat how you are in Christ, who you are, wherever you are. Does that make sense? So even if you're not here congregating with a church family, you're there wherever you are, allow God to use that spiritual gifting. 
I kind of wasn't open as much. So I was sitting there at first thinking, I've been there for a while now. I was thinking at the start, kind of like, I'm going to get in trouble. Or if I mention Jesus or pray for, now I'm like praying for people and all. Like employees, sometimes people that come in. And I, I do need to walk with wisdom there. But I'm, I, I don't know what to make of it other than to tell you guys, you are who you are wherever you are. So for me, I've embraced my calling and my equipping, my anointing by the Lord. It's not something that I've studied for or have. It's something that he's given to me. And I, I need to simply allow him to utilize it, if that makes sense. So my experience is, is simply that. That no matter what group that the Lord puts me in, it'll tend to just flow. And that's my experience. You guys can share with one another your experiences too, and I encourage you too. But I do want to say that as the Lord has already equipped many of you, we prayed for many of you over many years and many occasions, my guess is he's already equipped you. Allow the Lord to work through your life. And again, you are whoever you are, wherever you are, in Christ. So you might sit there like I do, or you get compartmentalized. Anybody like that? Like I go to work and like I don't have the title that I might have here. I'm I'm just where at my workplace, I'm just a worker, an employee like everybody else. And I don't go out like announcing it. It's just the spirit of God will flow and he'll bring people to me. I'm I'm still kinda of astounded at that. And I've seen that it seems like for whatever job, wherever he's putting me. I I just need to simply allow the Lord to use my life. And it's a similar thing for you. Can you allow the Lord to utilize your life wherever you are? Because again, you are who you are wherever you are. But this gift of teaching is basically where a person has a supernatural ability to break down God's word, systematically going through God's word in order to feed and grow Christians. It's not just taking a book, oh, I could easily do it, because I could teach someone how to teach, but hey, we can't teach you how to be anointed. Make sense? Can't teach someone how to be anointed. So a believer with this spiritual gift of teaching will be basically very adept. They'll be good at communicating the Word of God along with its interpretation, and if there's an application, the application to someone so it applies to their life. And you might sit there as well as me, when I am used by the Lord, like it kind of like a kid going on a roller coaster. Anybody like roller coasters? Some of you guys. Who used to like roller coasters then? Okay, there we go. That's more true. <laughs> I know Andy. Andy like hates roller coasters. I used to love them. Actually, sweetheart, we got to go on one sometime. Our kids want us to take on one. But it's kind of like going on the roller coaster. If you like it as a kid, you get off that roller coaster and what do you do? You go right again, right? It's like, I don't care how long the line is. We're going to go right now. <laughs> it's kind of like kind of like a roller coaster. When you're being used of the Lord, there's like the, the ah, this is so cool. And then, whoa, <laughs> you're kind of freaking out. But it's so neat. I can, I can just equate it to you like that, if you were like that as a kid. Like a kid going on a roller coaster. That it's it's fun, but as soon as the Lord uses your life, you're you're just blown away. I don't know how others might take it. I just know that as the Lord uses my life, I'm so blown away, like the kid on the roller coaster, like I used to be. Not, I'm 54 now. <laughs> Not so much to say. <laughs> For now, I gotta, oh, I gotta be careful. I walk down the stairs too fast. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> make sure I'm okay. 
So someone with the gift of teaching, though, they're going to be able to teach. They'll be able to break down God's word, and it's a supernatural thing. Because, hey, you could listen to teaching. You can go through commentaries, but you can't learn how to be anointed. You're going to learn how to utilize God's anointing, his equipping. Make sense? So please understand that. All right, we're going to have to close here in a little bit of time. But let me do say, I'll have a couple of things to say. We're going to close at 12. We need people in this church to exercise that gift. If you've been given that gift of teaching, utilize it. Allow the Lord's Spirit to just bring it forth. And I, I want to say, I, I'm definitely not perfect. Okay, you might be like me when God starts to show you where he'll supernaturally bring it to come about. It could be, again, like me at my workplace. I'm sitting there, I'm underground, I'm like looking for like a connection because I'm trying to show someone a verse I'm sharing with them. I'm like, okay, I'm going to open up a, a different Bible app that I don't have to connect to the internet with and show them. I'm like, wow, this is so cool. You know, while I'm working. So I'm like, okay, let me use wisdom there. I don't want to get these people or, or myself in trouble. But I, I do know that God's utilizing me there. Sometimes it's, it's simply to pray for someone and to share a word of encouragement that's like right then and there, teaching them the word. That's just, to me, it blows away my mind. But we need people in this church to exercise this gifting. Uh, by the way, there's a gift of teaching, and there's also in Ephesians chapter 4, some would say a sort of giftedness for the office called pastor-teacher. This is not the same. It's a similar type of gifting, but there is a, a different sort of anointing or office of what we call pastor-teacher. By the way, a pastor has to have the gift of teaching. Pastor just means what? Shepherd. So one of the main things a, a pastor or a shepherd will do is teach or feed the flock of God with God's word. And by the way, one way that you could tell if someone's called to be a shepherd, think about that they'll have a supernatural ability to do what? To hurt sheep. Isn't that crazy? That sounds crazy, right? It does. So crazy. that That's how God birthed this church. I knew because of the God's calling with me and that one spiritual gift called teaching that God's calling for a Bible teaching church to be out here. And if he's given me that supernatural spiritual gift of teaching, then he can do it. That's how crazy I was with him. It's like, okay, if I die, I die. But please don't let me die. <laughs> and when he moved me here, it was like that crazy. Okay, Lord, bring people together. Father, you've got a lot of children, people that need to get saved, people you want to bring together. Please make it happen. And others that live in, here in Middle Village, God's doing a work. Was it by my work? No. So guess who gets the credit? Who gets the glory? God and God alone. It's, it's like this verse here. All right, so we're going to have to close here in just a moment. Oh, there's like so much I want to share. We'll, we'll just wait on that for other times. I want to encourage you, though, to read ahead. And again, if any of you want to grab a printout here, we're not going to go through all of these uh, on these two pages uh, for at least the way I made a list. Everybody will do a list differently. I quantified about 18 gifts. One of them is a maybe, maybe the gift of hospitality in First Peter 4. Maybe. Okay, but if you want to get this, you can, again, send a text to gifts, uh, of, of gifts print out, text gifts print out one word to 833-97-JESUS or 833-975-3787. You can scan the QR code too as well so you can have it on your phone. I want to encourage you, though, to read ahead, look at, again, what are those four chapters in the Bible? 
First Corinthians 12. Romans 12, which is this chapter we're going through. Ephesians 4. And First oh, Peter 4. Let's all stand, please. We're going to close with a word of prayer. So I want to encourage you, because we have prayed a lot of times for the gifting of the Spirit throughout the years, and a bunch of times recently. So, many of you already have spiritual gifting. Again, even as it says here, I want to encourage you to simply use the gift. God's already enabled you. Simply put it into practice. Be open for the Lord to blow away your mind. Don't be like me if maybe you're like, oh, I don't want a speaking gift. That freaks me out. It still freaks me out if I think about it. So you know what I do? I don't think about it. <laughs> I just walk forward. And the Lord keeps me so busy that I keep forward and I, I don't worry about that. I allow Him to worry about that. But allow Him to utilize you how He's enabled you to do that so that He gets the glory. He gets the credit. Amen? Father in heaven, we thank you for what you're doing and showing us your word. Lord, we thank you for what you do and how you want to empower and equip us, how you enable us to do the work of ministry. And so, Father, maybe there's someone here that has that gift of teaching. Can you help them, Lord? Maybe it's through, it'll come about through serving in children's church or by simply sharing your word with one another here. Lord, we do pray that you would please bring forth these gifts, gifts of exhortation, that they can encourage one another, gifts of mercy, that they can have compassion for one another, gifts of giving, gifts of service, whatever the gifts are, Lord, that you've given each of us, help us to simply use them. Help us to simply put them into practice. Help us to, as you had Paul write, stir up the gifts. Empower us, Lord. You have not given us a spirit of fear, Empower each of us, God, for your glory and yours alone, for we ask in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.